The Rara Room. <laughs> Rara. Yes, dude. Hey, hey, it's the Rara Room Radio. The Rara Room. Rara. <laughs> We're at episode six. Today's special guest is Mr. Trait. What's up, everybody? Yeah, we got Trait. We have Fluid in the house, Santa Fe MC. Hello, hello. We're going to hang out and talk about Trait's new album, The Comeback. And we might talk about some other stuff along the way. Yeah. Stay listening to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Stay listening to find out. Stay listening to find <laughs> Stay tuned. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say tra- I just said trait. Did I say electronic musician trait? <laughs> so we're in the house with Trait, Albuquerque producer of electronic jams. What's up, Ra Ra Room? Yo, yo, yo. We also got Mr. Fluid. What's up, what's up? Chillin', chillin', man. How many ounces of fluid do we got in the house right now? <laughs> 33 ounces, bro. Word up. So today we're just going to kick back and highlight Trait. We're going to talk about his music, his new album, his history. And we got got Mr. Fluid to interject. Yeah, you know. It's a trait. You always got to get in at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Every once in a while, yeah. So who is Trait? Um,. I'm an, an electronic artist from Albuquerque. I make all different kinds of music. I make all different kinds of art, and I just like to go and have a good time, man. Awesome, man. So uh, you've you've done a lot over the years. You know, I've I met you a long time ago. Uh, I can't even remember the year at this point, but uh, back then you were making lots of music, and I don't think you've stopped. No, it's pretty much been just a straight. Thing. It was, yeah. It's at least been like five years that we've known each other, and I just actually started making music. Then it was back in community college, and I got shown by a couple of the guys that were in class there, and sparked my interest. And pretty much ever since I got all the programs onto my computer, as soon as I got all of the resources I needed, I just kept running, and I haven't stopped. <laughs> yeah, it's it's impressive. Um, just lis- listening to your SoundCloud feed, every time there's a whole. Whole, whole list of new songs and the sound is always different um and then you know we we call you an electronic producer but as you just said a minute ago you play instruments as well so i want to know when did you is was that something you've done since before the electronic what, what thing? instruments yeah. do you play well so i play drums i play bass i play guitar all fluently i'm trying to teach myself piano right now and it's going pretty decently that's awesome and then um just a bunch of random instruments there, a lot of string instruments like ukulele, and um, I tried playing violin a little bit. You know, it's just, I, I like to learn music. I like to... Do you do you use these instruments to, like, create your sounds that you use in your songs, or in how a, does that play a role? In a lot of ways I do, because I actually have uh, my, you know, I just record as much as I can as I go. I have little guitar riffs that kind of sneak in. I have a lot of drum patterns, especially because of... How long I've been playing drums since uh, third grade. I had been in concert 
band okay. and I was playing drums. Right. Pretty so much that was my question. Beginning. What what came first, the electronic music or the the learning to play instruments? Basically, it started when I was a kid. Uh, like everybody in my family can at least play one instrument or can sing or can do something musically. So when I started, it was actually in band when I was in elementary school. And I played drums throughout my entire school career. And I took a year for clarinet. Um, actually, I played timpani, like the big kettle drums, too, in high school. And I was That's one awesome. of the only players that could play it but tune it. And We had a steel drum band at the high school that I went to. That's that was, awesome. There wasn't like a classical band. It was steel drum. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah. Clark Montessori, what's up? Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, steel drums, they just yeah, sound good. They were awesome. Vibe. And I joined the school late, so I wasn't a part of that band, but uh, all my friends were. And nice. anyway, oh, they rocked. Keep going. <laughs> well, so um, basically, I also learned how to play guitar and bass through church. Uh, my parents were both in the choir, and uh, they, you know, would just bring me to Mass, and I would just learn how to play there and helped me learn a little bit more about music. And um, as I got into high school, that's when I started experimenting with recording. I would sit on my parents' Mac and record on GarageBand for a while. And it it was very different music. It wasn't electronic music at that point. It was really indie. It was just a kid with his guitar playing some songs, man. Trying and to be like a Red Hot Chili Pepper. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Foo something Fighter like that. or something like that. Yeah. And um, when I got into college, that's when I started learning more about production um, and started actually playing around with music with hip-hop artists and rappers. That's where I met OG Wilkers right here because yeah. he was a rapper and he he was drawn to the electronic music that I had been so fond of at that time, listening to it with all my friends and everything like that. Dubstep was really, really big. It was just starting to get into right. America and everybody just in the end of my high school career, everybody was listening to dubstep and it was the best. And I learned how to make it. And once I learned how to make it, I just keep, you know, I just wanted to keep making it, you know? It's an addiction. It's an addiction. It really is. There's that's... always new sounds. There's new things to learn. There's new things to push forward. I mean, that's the first thing that, uh, I guess, drew me to your art is that as a producer and as a musician, I, I can listen to songs and I know how to, like, oh, you know, they're playing this instrument. They're playing this key. They're doing this. Like, I can kind of figure out the techniques they're using to listen to a song but when i listen to dubstep i'm like what is going on <laughs> like it sounds yeah. cool and it makes sense like it doesn't sound dissonant or, or wrong musically like out of place it doesn't right. sound messed up right but it's just like there's no way i don't know how to put that together and the the, the warble noise i've spent a lot of time I, I think i was talking about this in a recent podcast actually i'm having deja vu about um, that war, 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 warble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're talking about using YouTube to be able to you get tutorials on how to do different things. Oh, that's yeah. part of being a producer is, is oh, how do they do it on over here, you know? And yeah. and I spent some time trying to figure out that warble and it's still a mystery. So yeah, sorry to interrupt. But yeah, that's like to oh, me yeah. like... I think that's this guy can make the warble, man. I know, I know a guy <laughs> who can make that stuff. Can I've been going for like seven years straight, man. It's I think it's really cool about the sound design too because it's it's something that you really haven't ever heard before, and sometimes it it's something that maybe you've heard before and they're just twisting it in a way that you never really expected sound to do, and that's really hard to do with an actual physical instrument unless you're. Um, 
doing something much extra, like if you were playing a guitar with a violin bow or using drumsticks mm. as hitting your strings, you know, you have to really push boundaries to be able to um, make an, a physical instrument sound different. But electronically, you're limitless. You can do anything that you want. Um, you can make sounds out of images and you can change voice into pictures and you can uh, basically make anything sound like anything else if you try hard enough. The tools are endless. That's kind of, I feel like, um, for me, when I was a guitar player, songwriter, I made songs, but I was stuck to a certain parameter, especially if I was just writing songs on my acoustic guitar. It's like, this is why I have a voice and a guitar, and these are the sound, those are my limitations. Mm -hmm. So once I learned about reason and MIDI and, and computer music, and all of a sudden I have a saxophone or a harmonica or a those are fairly common instruments, but you know, like maybe like insane synthesizer noises or it's so endless that in a way that I felt kind of almost more, not more limited, but more like when I had a guitar, I knew that was the only thing I had. There was less questioning. <coughs> you didn't have less quite. Yeah. You it just was pick easier up your guitar to find out where to start. But now I'm like, do I want to make a spaceship <laughs> song? Do I want to like make, you know, <laughs> Right. Do I need an epic sounding anthem? Do I need a jazzy flute? Like, it's cool, but it, I also I feel like limitations help with creativity as well. That's definitely a very valid point. Um, it depends on your vision, I guess, and what you're trying, what you set out to do. Basically, with this album here, it it's been a couple of years in process, so it's something that I actually had to start a pretty long time ago and didn't only realize until very recently that these songs that I had been working on for what seemed like forever and just seemed to not really be going anywhere, they all kind of had some kind of common collective sound or collective reasoning or just something a little bit extra that happened to all fit together. So it actually wasn't until recently that I had found out where all of these songs were at and how they fit together. but. It's really been a process over a long, a long period of time because I think of the lack of limitation. Um, basically, I go by trait because I pull in influence from all different kinds of music backgrounds, um, all different kinds of genres, and I try to put them out into my music. So there are basically, I have one of each song that you mentioned on my computer somewhere guaranteed, thousands and thousands of songs that might only be a few seconds long, but were something that I needed to put down because it was an idea that I had and I needed to know that I could do it. If it's not necessarily something that I would be able to use right then and there, or if it was something that would be rebirthed later through some of my bigger projects, that's pretty much where it kind of comes into a gray area. So, I, I, and I mean, I don't know, I'm just gonna interject. I think, you know, that uh, those thousand songs, um, you know, create the evolution. It's like a painter walking up to a canvas and taking a paintbrush for the first time and making a mark and go, oh, well, that's what happens if I do that. You know, as a musician, it's kind of the same thing. Oh, oh, okay. Absolutely. That opened that door now, I know. Okay, well, what if we... And so after a thousand attempts or, you know, a million attempts or whatever it may be, you start to hone, craft, and evolve this something that was a mountain when you started but now is just a uh, fine polish to what you've been 
building this entire time. Absolutely. I don't know. And it kind of seems like that that's what you're saying, you know, about this project is it is sort of an evolution of something that you've sort of just finally polished to a point. Absolutely. And it's it, this album is called The Comeback because this is me coming back from a very long break in music. I've been a hermit for a little while and, and now I'm ready to get back into the game. I, I just... can relate to that. These guys give me a lot of crap, you know. Yeah, fluid, listen to the first fluid. three episodes of this podcast. <laughs> you hear it. It's yeah. funny. We made the podcast. We called him out. And like the uh-huh. next week, and I think in episode four, we're like, yeah, I guess uh, Fluid uh, heard the podcast because he was in the studio yesterday. <laughs> yeah, now, I can't, now he's, he's. I can't leave my crew for too long, you know? So um, life happens, things take priority. You go in and out of what your passion is and what your commitment or your drive. I mean, I, I, I'll get depressed about my music sometimes. It's like, I'm not good enough. Why am I even doing this? <laughs> And then I have to slap myself and wake myself back up and go, no, I mean, you do this because it makes you happy and that's why. Yeah, and you just keep doing it. And And you keep doing it. um, It it was cool for me to realize the more um, friends and fans that I've collected over the years, it's cool to see that if it makes you happy, it's bound to make at least somebody else happy and that makes it worth doing, you know? Absolutely, (laughs) man. No, these guys call me out all the time and it warms my heart. You know, it really does. It, and it, it makes me feel loved and appreciated even when I'm not around and they're still carrying on the torch. And so, no, it's awesome that you didn't lose your passion, you know, and it's always there and you just brought it back. For sure. It's killing. Yeah. Well, you can't go 100% all the time. You got the, It's the ebb and flow, you know. So I Sometimes. feel like I used to feel guiltier mm-hmm. about that as an artist. But I think in my age, you know, if I'm not, and maybe I'm more motivated now too. But now, if I'm not doing something and I start stressing myself, kind of pat myself on the back, like, good, you're resting. Right. Well, I was just going to say, lastly, like, perspective. It's a wonderful thing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's a very necessary part of being an artist is to every once in a while just stop. Exactly. You don't want to necessarily burn yourself out too quickly. And pushing when you're not inspired is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to cause you more anxiety where if you just take a little while and let life inspire you then you'll find your track right. faster right totally but you also don't want to sleep on your art it's a yeah, balance exactly mm-hmm. you got to make sure you're doing something <laughs> and that's why thousands of projects on my computer too like even if i'm not Cheers really feeling that. it i just go i just make it i feel something was done and i move on <laughs> right right yeah it's like i'll have a day where i feel like man i didn't do anything today and i'm like well, no, I uh, I made a flyer, I edited this track. You know, I'm like, actually, I've been pretty productive today. <laughs> I just wasn't stressed about it. That's the difference. Like, right. <laughs> I don't feel like I get anything done unless I'm stressed. Huh, that's an interesting thought. I wonder if that's like a common American problem. <laughs> is that ingrained in our culture? <laughs> it is. That's a messed up thought right there, man. Because I get stuff done even when I'm chilling. But I, if I'm not stressed, if I'm not tired at the end of the day, maybe I don't feel like I've done enough. But that actually does seem something that's kind of set up with, you know, I guess just the the concept of day-to-day life. You should be constantly moving and constantly doing something. And it's gone away from, I guess, basic survival tendency to something more like a some kind of aesthetic, like an illusion sort of... Um, constant pace the fast fast living and everything along those lines 
Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just bled into our consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Well, it's good. I'm glad we <clears throat> glad we touched on that. So, so tell us a little bit about who, like, what are some who are some artists that you work with? Who are some people like in your network? I've got a bunch of friends down in Albuquerque. They're all called the BLK Crew. Shout out to Brendan Luke, Brendan the Disco, Dern Kid, and all you BLK guys. They're <laughs> they're uh, they're my rowdy party. We BLK, go out. Hey, what's up? The they're all amazing, fantastic DJs. They're uh, and, you know, basically everybody down in Albuquerque has always just been such a good, warm, welcoming community um, built of all kinds of artists, uh, not only just electronic, but other, other musicians, visual artists, painters, glow stick, uh, like glovers uh, and hoopers and painters and all kinds of different things. And um, they're they're all people that I love hanging out with. They're people that inspire me. They're people that teach me to grow. And we're all just in a good, clean, friendly environment together. You know, it's awesome. Um, it's been, you know, a really fun couple of years living down in Albuquerque because uh, from here, it was a little bit muted. There's not as much availability necessarily in Santa Fe, which is, I'm not hating. Santa Fe is still beautiful and wonderful and everything. But the but, scene definitely has its. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, for the electronic scene, it's it's a lot. We feel it too. I mean, you know, lighter. as MCs, hip hop heads. I mean, it's it. There's there's limited, you know, audiences. There's limited venues. You have to yeah. make your niche. Um, you have to really make it. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a home at the <clears throat> underground. I would say, you know, yeah. shout out to Johnny Pink and uh, you know Nick upstairs running Evangelos. I mean, that's they really have given us a home. Doer, you know, running her Wednesday night special, warm up Wednesdays every week. Um, Take shouts over. out to Doer, one of the dopest MCs, hands down. Forget gender, just one of the dopest MCs ever. Chick is on it, and um, she yeah, kills it. she runs Wednesday nights there. So you know, I mean, without do you guys that, have, what would we have? You know, it's a small place, you but, know. But even us as MCs, and shouts out to uh, Warehouse Twenty One. I think you yeah, know they yeah, really, totally. yeah, they absolutely. totally try to really. Um, they brought us up, make stuff happen, and brought me up. As yeah, a kid. they've they've been wonderful for us. But it, but Santa Fe's small. Back to that point, Santa Fe's small. I mean, um, the MCs here are trying to get out to Burt's. You know, that's. Yeah, that's last time I saw you. You you guys came out and and represented. Yeah, saw the OG Willikers spinning out in Bird's Tiki Land. Yeah, that yeah, was cool, yeah. Man. We spit that song that you produced for me. Yeah, you guys did. That was a agency track. Yeah, agency with uh, Dern Kid and me from uh, high school. Agency. We were on Duke Step, and we actually nice. were part of this small group. It was right when I moved to Albuquerque. It was back in uh, like 2011. Um, my good buddy Derek started Duke Step with a few friends and um, brought us on as some of his producers. There was at one point 16 of us that were all just running the electronic scene in Albuquerque, which at that point really didn't exist either. Like uh, dubstep was a very new thing. Electro was a thing. What year was this? It was back in like 2011. Nice. And they were bringing some big name artists down over to like Sunshine Theater and to El Rey and things like that. But it was very low attendance that you would see at least compared to now you go to El Rey and that place is sold out mm -hmm. and for good reason because they're amazing right. artists but those are the people that I was listening to back then that when nobody was going and so we kind of brought in the electronic culture um, 
uh, over at uh, Hookah Lounge on 4th and Central called Relux. It was right. tucked behind a couple restaurants. We got a pretty good couple shows. Um, and then we moved up to a one called Hush, uh, same Hookah Lounge owners, but they'd moved up to the east side of town, and we had residency there, played for a while. And it was a really cool thing, and um, that kind of led me into talking with Redfish Entertainment, who are a lot of my good friends that are bringing all the big names down. And That's Albuquerque. That's a big production company out there. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And I've been basically just running with them. I participate as much as I can by going out to shows and supporting all my artists and supporting right Redfish. And that's, that's, that's the part about being a DIY independent artist that – that's a, a running theme in episode, <clears throat> yeah. episode six of this podcast. Every single person we talk about, you know, the work. It's not just your own art and and listen to my stuff, putting it out and like. Right. No one's going to share your, your stuff. Like, <laughs> I go to your show, you go to my show, you come on my podcast. I go, I go you know, like you gave me that beat a while back, you know. Yeah, like, we all just collaborate. My buddy does a logo. Together. This guy does a video, you know, it's it's. It's kind of cool that like it becomes Community. your best friends that you wind up creating with. Absolutely. Whether it be music or whether it be art or whether it be, you know, putting together a performance or creating this or working with, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just life's transcended to a very beautiful place when you realize that you can surround yourself with amazing, wonderful, talented people. Definitely. And, and, and watch yourself blossom because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two really good people that I have to bring up to are uh, a really good friend of mine named Via Cassidine, who's uh, worked on one of my tracks with me, too. And she's um, actually my roommate, too. So we're... She's uh, got just a vocal talent that I really haven't seen anyone else have in Albuquerque. And we met uh, a few years ago, and we just kind of clicked with our style. I made a very simple beat that she sat down and sang an entire song to in one take. Didn't even awesome. bother her or anything like that. Made it very wow. easy for me to be able to create something around it. Um, and another really good friend of mine... Uh, Molly down in Albuquerque. She's a really talented artist. She's an abstract painter. So what she's been able to inspire me to do is work more on my visual art that almost seemed lost for a few years. It, in all the music and everything, I was also always drawing in class and all, you know, I, I got to a pretty good point. I was always in competition with my older brother, who's a really good, um, like professional style artists, traditional mm -hmm. art and digital art and all kinds of crazy talents. So I kept wanting to at least match his talents. Mm -hmm. and That's I how I met you was through the digital art. <laughs> exactly, through the digital art. You, you, were, was, you uh, were taking, uh, it was like an old photo of, of like, um, like some old like, government photo like an old, old job <laughs> it was like judges. The, yeah it was like the house a uh, senate house or something like that back in like when they first invented cameras like 1830s or something like that like something way way long time ago it was like the house of congress or something like that and all of their heads were replaced with muppets yeah and it was black and white but the muppets were still in color <laughs> it's awesome it was sweet and that's, was i was like who's it what? we were doing our hope work and i just look over and I'm like what's this guy doing over here? <laughs> and that's, that's what how a lot we, of people think about when they see me man that's how we met it was <laughs> that's so funny and that guy does cool 
crazy graphics. And I was getting into the graphics myself at that time. So that was like how I learned all my Photoshop was. That's where we linked up. Yeah. the uh, Not to interrupt, you were getting. I think, yeah, the visual story. part of it is uh, really important to me in terms of how I make my music. And I'm actually starting to see um, how you have to arrange your sounds the same way you would arrange things in a photograph. You have to make sure that you have balance, that you have things that make sense. You have to have good composition. And that's that's why composition can be placed in both fields because that's really what it is. And that's what makes art great. And, you know, all of my friends, and they've really been able to help inspire me this last couple years and really push me to help finish this. So huge shout out to them and much love. You guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. And that's, that's really awesome. Uh, you know, we've been having such a good time talking about this record. Let's, uh, let's, Let's uh, introduce the first song we're gonna play off of this, and uh, and then we're gonna analyze it afterwards. All right. Sweet. Yeah. So, everybody, this is gonna be a journey into the contraption.
So, imagine you're looking at one of these machines that starts off, you tap a marble, and the marble rolls down a shelf and hits a domino, and a domino falls into another domino and starts a whole string of them that fall into a pillar that knocks over into a trash can that dumps another ball that rolls out that hits a little pencil that lights up this matchstick that burns a rope and a kettle pours hot water into a lever fulcrum system that moves and... One more ball rolls and hits a needle that pops a balloon. Something horribly, horribly constructed to create a simple task. Super complex, super overthought out. And that's what the song is about and inspired by. <laughs> it's Mousetrap. It's Mousetrap. Hey, there you go. There it is. Yeah, I was, I was thinking like uh, Back to the Future, you know, at the beginning. And I think throughout the series... Doc Brown has all these weird contraptions, like his alarm clock sets off like a ball that rolls down and like, I don't know, he, it makes toast and juice and coffee and stuff, this whole thing. It's like steampunk. Very like, steampunk. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Absolutely. That that song was awesome, by the way. Thank you. That was intense and it was a ride. I, when you <laughs> described it afterwards, I feel it. It's, it was, uh, I think just the concept of it was really interesting to me. It just kind of fell together one day. Um, and what it grew into, especially as I started finishing it off, was I happened to find that old newsreel of the, uh, I guess, the observation of the government disregarding human life and causing us to, uh, kind of like how we had talked about earlier like it's um i guess the establishment is trying to force us through all of these systems and all of these machines and all of this great expanse of effort to be able to keep them in places of power and also keep all of the um revenue and the economy in the upper echelons of our Mm -hmm. country and Mm -hmm. keeping the rest of us out and i think that they play very well together the two concepts of things that we have to do in our everyday life to be able to enjoy life. Something so simple, but it takes us so much effort to be able to reach it. It's a trip. Because I like one of the things that I like noticed right away about that song and something that I liked right away about it, as an MC, I recognize patterns are tried to think I recognize patterns in a song and, you know, I'm listening and I can sort of anticipate when a break might come or, you know, a change up is supposed to or a drop if it's about to happen. And I guess what I noticed almost immediately in your song is um, a lack of that expectation, which it totally, you know, when you would expect that to happen, it didn't. And, and it takes you in a whole nother direction so what you just said about living almost a certain lifestyle of expectation in our world and in our government, I, I don't know, it translated and I didn't even realize. So I like that a lot. That was you a win, really man. good observation. You really right win. On. Thanks, like, dude. That was, that was awesome. And that was a really, yeah, that's awesome. You said that and it like full circled in my head. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome, man. So. I don't even know how to follow that up. That was so dang insightful. Well, 
I like, think what that, do you even say after that? Flu- fluid wins. The podcast is over. <laughs> Everybody go. No, no. Right. trade wins, man. That, that, that song is like, and and I think that's what everybody needs to realize about this guy is you know there's a lot more than just sitting down and just hearing what sounds good out of this musician and artist that you're hearing right now because this guy actually I mean there's there's intellectual thought. Thank that you. goes into what he is prescribing for your ears to hear. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. I appreciate it, man. So um, I think you're also very right about the, the style of it. Basically, I I go to shows constantly. I'm always hearing the same sort of setup, the same sort of drop. And in a lot of electronic music right now, it's unfortunately got to the part where you hear the exact same yeah, sound. Yeah, it's routine. It's the exact same sound, and there's no change-ups or anything like that. And I don't really like that. I try my best to design all my own instruments. I do all my own drum patterns. I try to work with vocalists rather than try to rip them or remix them or anything like that. Uh, because I uh, I feel like it's, it's better to be able to create it, and it means something a little bit more. And it makes it different. And I intentionally do make it very different. And that's what I'm hoping this album also brings is a comeback, not only of my music, but also maybe bringing back the originality of electronic music that I used to hear when I was growing up through it. And it's awesome. just really want people to, to be able to make and create and not necessarily um, always stick with the rules that are set up. So you can, you're so you're saying you're calling out your peers. I'm right calling now. out my peers. You're all better than that. <laughs> all <laughs> of you. Yeah, there's a man. There's a lot yeah, of talented it's people. In, it's inspiring. And Every scene needs someone like that to keep it fresh, to keep to remind people not to get comfortable. Absolutely. And, and we all have our roles in our scenes. Well, I think, you know, one thing immediately to just maybe try to reiterate that in a simple way is our generation has so much uh, at our disposal so quickly and so easily. So we all fall victim to that. We all fall victim to, well, I could just make that sound real quick by pressing the keyboard. I could just, rather than evolving a sound yourself on an instrument or creating or taking the time. But the point is, is when you do take that time and when you don't take the shortcut and you do bleed a little bit, for mm-hmm. a lack of better words, on the strings, mm-hmm. you know, it, it shows. Exactly. And it comes across, and it's something that I think is recognizable to any audience without them even realizing it. And um, it's something that I, I recognize. I think Zach definitely hears it too in your music. So props to you, for man, for being being authentic to what <laughs> you are creating. It's awesome. Thank you. And it is inspiring. So I hope to bring this over to my next track, Uh, actually my title track of the album called The Comeback, which is, it's basically um, my, I'm trying to take the simplest instruments that are built into the program that I have, the ones that everybody's disregarded because they buy these big monster synthesizers and make all crazy sounds out of them and buy all these packs and it's the most popular. All right, fine, but you forgot where you came from. Very, very simple synthesizers, very, very simple drum patterns, things like that. So this was my very simplistic attempt at electronic music and I actually feel like it still boasts a pretty good uh, comparison to some of those big monsters that people are making. I just want to be able to show that there's a lot possible from very, very simple tools.
Trait <laughs> all day, all day, all day. So, uh, so actually, during while we were listening to the song, we got to talking and uh, we're like, Oh man, we're not recording, we're just listening to this and having this good conversation. <laughs> we need to record this. So, uh, I think uh, Trait should back up a second and tell us, um, first of all, this song, tell us about it. Well, so this, um, going back to the simplicity aspect that I was talking about earlier, this sound that is playing in this song, all the different bass instruments that you hear are really just one bass instrument. It's just very heavily modulated. It's very, <laughs> lots of different patterns, lots of different note arrangement, lots of different automations on all kinds of different effects and filters. And uh, basically it makes it into all of these different sounds that you hear. And that's what I try to uh, showcase is that there's there's a lot more that can be done with very simple things that people are um, taking for granted and trying to put a whole bunch of things in that doesn't need to be there. I take a very minimalist approach with some of my music. So it's your own like chaos theory, like simplicity through your own chaos, so to speak. Absolutely. In some way. And you know, it's, it's really cool because I get to just kind of groove along with my song and it makes me right. feel more involved with it rather than so separated because I'm only using samples or I'm only using, you know, these are all sounds that I've made and I know how they work and I know how to just play them and I just do it. Or I just go and jam. <laughs> and that comes from maybe you as a, a musician originally, uh, you know, uh, we, I was talking about how I've done a lot of computer work uh, more recently, but in the past, playing a real live instrument, uh, there's a, a more direct connection with the music that way. And so uh, earlier in my understanding of what a DJ was, I didn't really get it. I thought they just like played a song on their computer and right. walked away. Not like DJ, like uh, 
scratching, you know. Yeah, but not, like a DJ, like in the club, like when I was young, just turning twenty one, and like there's a cover charge, and I'm like, wow, what? What? Because there's a DJ. <laughs> then you look up at the stage, and there's no one on stage. You see the DJ at the bar with the beer, and there's just, and you're like, what do they do? So I had to look, kind of learn as a musician more and more what what the new what that new was DJ like thing what is. was a DJ like what is that so that actually is kind of how I started up too because when I was um, getting out of high school I played a lot of shows out in the desert pretty much they were on top of messes and stuff that we would go and play and those kind of shows it was me and my buddy Dern kid we would just roll up and we'd have a generator we'd plug in our decks and we'd have a couple speakers and we just play music and, you know, we would all just have a good time. And it's all just awesome. electronic based. We had learned how to play with electronic music with through DJing and it taught us how to learn. And of course, it was all digital. It wasn't vinyl DJing. And that actually, I didn't even really learn about until many years later. But I had picked up so quickly on the production aspect that that's what I wanted to roll with. I wanted to make my music, not necessarily be the guy that's, you know, supposed to be on stage but isn't. Um, I have high aspirations of bringing in live instruments during shows and uh, live performers and vocalists and everything like that. Everybody who's participating in my music in any way gets to play a part in it the entire ride, man. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. That's cool. That's a good goal and a good uh, innovation and a way to do what you're doing, but find a way to enhance it even more, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what we, we're always talking about that too with our own aspirations here in Santa Fe with our hip hop. Uh, cool, man. Yeah, so so I guess uh, what I wanted to make sure is said on the recording is is while the song was playing, Fluid and I are looking at each other and we're like, I thought he said this was a simplified song. And <laughs> it's so yeah. sonically rich and full and a lot going on. Not not chaotically, but... Right. So... Which I guess was the topic that, that really I wanted to mention, you know, Without Trait's explanation telling us that this song was just one noise sound, so to speak, that he tweaked in all the ways that he did and arranged in all the ways that he did to give us that song, the perspective that somebody has, you know, initially hearing that, Zach and I are like, whoa, this is like really complex. You're like, no, <laughs> this is really simple. This is one, just one note that I just arranged a couple different ways. And so... It's just interesting that difference in perspective between the artist and the listener and um, or the artist and the observer, whatever you want to call it, um, and what that relationship is, because, you know, you engage in a different way. And sometimes it, what you intend to throw out there isn't perceived or received the same way. So Absolutely. It's just funny. You know, it's true. You know, as an audio engineer, when I'm working with a client, we're trying to finish their album or work on a sound. Uh, certain part of a song they're so concerned with this little oh there's a little i say this word weird and then you do the take like 45 <laughs> times and it's an hour later and it sounds yeah okay i think i know what you mean sure okay yeah is that better is that and then you go over those things and all of a sudden you know it's like you don't even act the listener doesn't know. I was no gonna say clue. they don't even care. They could care less. Have you ever had like they a never hear someone But I'm that way as an artist too. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody that comes over and 
tries to work with you and they're like, you know, I really want this to sound like this. And then you listen to it and then you listen to them and then you listen to that. And yeah. you're like, this is not going to happen, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> this ain't going to happen. I'm sure I was that <laughs> MC at many points walking into a studio. No, I just, this is my vision. This is what I see. Whatever, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know. It's just, it's funny. It's, it's, it's just really about the artist, the way they see their work, and then the way they're, or even with the podcast, a lot of people come on here like, I, I can't listen to it because I don't like the sound of my voice. And it's because we hear our voice resonating out of our skulls as we speak. And but when you different. actually listen to it, your voice is probably a lot higher pitched and like softer than you think it is. It definitely or, is different. Mm -hmm. I catch myself listening to the podcast when I'm editing it, saying uh, certain words repetitively over and over. Like, you know, that's one thing I say a lot, you know, I'm like, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, yeah, I definitely have my little catchphrases. That I was so I don't know, but the listeners don't care as much as we do. And yeah. I've kind of had to like, let that go as an artist, not completely, but I know it's like one of my like goals, even though it's, you hear yourself the way that you actually sound, actually sound, people still hear you different. Same thing like when you see a picture of yourself, like even if you saw a picture of yourself or you're looking at yourself in a mirror, it's not really you, it's what you see yourself as, but everybody else sees an entirely different picture that you won't even really know. I've actually heard a theory that if you time travel and you see yourself in the past, your past self won't recognize you because you just don't look like you even though you look like you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like yeah, yeah, your actions and everything, unless you're really, really dedicated to exactly what you're doing and practice your your daily routine in the mirror or whatever, then pretty sure you probably wouldn't realize that the different nuances or anything that you have that you don't pay attention to. Just expression, your mood, your yeah, you're a different person. I mean, every second, every moment, you've transcended in some way, you've changed in some way, you've you've learned something new, you've forgotten something else. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've you've mm -hmm. grown more skin cells, you've lost more skin cells. You're not the exact same. So technically, you're always changing and evolving and different. But I mean, isn't that what it's about? Pushing yeah. yourself to keep doing that? Indeed. I mean, just listen to any any of the musicians we know's catalog over the years. It's morphs and evolves. Yours is a great example. Every time I hear you, it's, it's something different. It's always changing. Oh. Why be stagnant? Especially with something like music, man. You always got to keep going. Yeah, once you get your formula down, I think switch there's, it up. There's <laughs> a natural like quest for that as an artist, no matter what your medium is. Quite. To, you're never quite satisfied, I guess. But once you, know, you are, then what? I don't that's know. the that's the trick um, to being an artist is like, you're never there. You're that's always my reaching. That's my catch twenty two in life, man. That's my demon. I'm never satisfied. Like <laughs> I constantly feel like I need to push. You know, it could be better. Oh, but I could tweet. What if I? Oh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you just have to let it go and move on to the do. next one. And and there is mm -hmm. something to be said for for reaching a level of appreciation. You know, but I think as an artist, there's always that underlying like, I want to push. I want to be better. Yep. I want to go. I think that there's really never an end to it until you tell yourself to stop. <laughs> like, all right, I can't, I can't work on this anymore. Actually, my limitation right now is my computer because 
<laughs> uh, if uh, so, check this out. If I go too hard into a song, if I go too complex, it stops running at the right speed. I just put so much into my songs that it kills all my CPU. I've got wow. no processing power, and it starts grinding and making this horrible, horrible, like gritty, distorted sound. And everybody's like, "How do you listen to this?" I'm like, <laughs> "It's just how my computer is, man." It's but all it's see, that's much... when you stem out. That's when you stem Bounce out and put it right back and, in, and then and you're good to go. I don't do that. I just keep it all fresh because anything could change at any second, pretty much. With yeah. I always write my songs. So basically, I get to that point, and I'm like, this is where my project is done. I can't do any more, or else my computer's going to crash. <laughs> well, like earlier, we were talking about limitations. Like, we need those. Because what if your computer could never crash? It, I would probably you be would working never on it stop. forever. <laughs> right, you know? Or, you know, that's like the old school version of uh, I just have a guitar and a harmonica. Yeah. And you so have to really I'm gonna be make, able to. And I'm going to make a mil- 400 songs like like Johnny Cash. Like, I mean, he did more than just that. But think about he had that sound. And it was just mostly his voice in the guitar. And, you know, he had bands and extra stuff going on. But in general, like that, or Frank Sinatra, I mean, he had a whole. Yeah. Like, his big band. But like that sound, he didn't really derive. They don't. It's. It isn't really what it is, you know, throughout. I mean, it had its its ebb and flow, but it's it's just like those limitations now don't even exist. Uh, you don't need you don't hire the exact same band for every song. It's like if right. you had to make all those instruments you made, but you have to make an entire album with the exact same instruments on every song. It'd be kind of weird. It'd be a fun challenge, maybe. It'd be a fun challenge, but actually, like that's not what you that do, happen. you know. It's in right. general, you, every song is its own. I guess the rules have been broken so drum. many times now. Yeah, and um, for genres and what that means or what a genre. Genre is, is so well, so. Why well, limitations yeah. are fun so, though? Like know, think of an album where everything. you're like, what was it? Anticon, I think. Uh, Deep Puddle Dynamics. I, they have uh, the concept. I might be getting this wrong, but there's a concept that they're like, we can't rap about rapping. We can't rap about being MCs. We can't. They had a list of things they couldn't write well, I know, about. Like and they agreed upon that. Projects like that, you know, where they. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and I guess my point is that like constraints are cool. Like in yeah. a way, if you use it to your advantage, that's. Oh, I've, yeah. Use I, it for you. Use yeah. it. Use it to. Maybe not to constraints, something. but maybe structure. Limitations, you know, or working within a certain structure that can give you a foundation to grow from. Let's take it from there. Yeah, I, uh, I actually feel. um, I was telling OG earlier, like I don't really necessarily like the um, thought of like the EDM genre, right? Like it's while it's such a huge part of my life and my music, it has become something that I feel has lost a little bit of the meaning. Like, it it doesn't have, I guess, a lot of the originality that it used to have before we were calling it EDM. Like, it was, it was just a very different thing that had kind of spawned in. But what I do like about it is everything that's electronic life. Like, the, you know, uh, the friends that I've met and the art that I've seen and the music I've heard and the things that I've done, the adventures I've been on, have all been really cool. Mm-hmm. But... It's, um, you know, something something much more broad than something that can be labeled so simply with three letters. So, like, this whole one, it's just electronic, and that's where my music is going. This one happens to be very club-oriented, but I have all different kinds of 
projects and ideas that are in the works right now that are, uh, you know, basically all forthcoming. And I just want to keep striving to grow and expand the electronic genre without being limited so much to solely dance music, but maybe right. bring a little more composition to it. Maybe it's not all about like just having drum and bass tracks or, you know, all of a sudden we're going to do this or that. Yeah, that's where my trait comes from, too. I pull in traits from all of the music that I hear. My inspiration comes from all around me, so I channel it as much as I can through my music, and that's also why it just continues to grow, man. Like it, It's just always moving because there's always new music, and I try to incorporate it without just replicating. That's awesome, man. So you keep it original and authentic. Oh, gee. Hear that? Put that, put that work in. Make your own music. <laughs> <laughs> and go out I'm and support no. all your artists <laughs> yes yeah make sure well uh you know it's about time to to work our way out of the rah-rah room tonight but we've got one more song that we want to talk about um but before we do that i want to want to know if you have anything else you want to say about yourself or or whatever man you got the floor well, shout out shout out your absolutely piece. so once more shout out to all my albuquerque crew BLK and Doe and Via Castadine and Andy Butane. And we're all going to be tearing it up this next year. I know it. So all of my stuff is available on traitmusic.bandcamp.com. That's T-R-A-T-E music.bandcamp.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Trait Music. You can follow me at Instagram at Trait Music. You can follow me at YouTube at Trait Music. Basically, if there's a website, it's got a Trait Music on it, guaranteed. <laughs> what about SoundCloud? Oh, SoundCloud? Um... Man, what was that? Trait music. Oh, <laughs> he's got it. He's got it. <laughs> nice. nice. And we'll make sure to share some tracks on the Ra Ra Room uh, SoundCloud as well. Absolutely. So jump right in through there, too. So, everybody, this is the last song of the night here. This is one that I worked on with my really good friend, Via Cassidyne. She was awesome. Basically, I had this little beat and then just sat down and one shot just recorded the entire I was blown away it was really awesome she's been an awesome friend much love and thank you for everybody that uh, is listening to us right now thank you OG thank you Fluid and you know thank every part of the Raw Raw Room because it's been awesome I really appreciate you guys for having me Falling fast Hold me close Don't be scared I'm right here I know It's so different To be with me I speak Spiritually But don't underestimate 
All right, that was episode six of the Ra Ra Room with Trait. Much love, everybody. Yeah, yeah. We got fluid in the house. Peace out, everybody. Trait and OG Willikers signing off. <laughs>